Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I'm Frank Benali. This is Klaus Lundekram. I'm Matt Letitia. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is Letitia. Now back! There's the reply! Marion Pahars! History made! It's James Beattie. Oh, Belter! Got a blue hat Thanks for checking out In That Number with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Middleton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, in that Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcasts at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of In That Number. This is episode number 167. Uh, yet another bad week for the Saints, uh, a heavy defeat at the hands of champions Manchester City. The pressure on Ralph continues to build. Uh, is there any chance that he can hang on? Is he already out the door before the West Ham game? We'll discuss this and more, uh, and we'll be jumping into our preview for next Sunday's return home against the Hammers. Big, big game that one now. It'd be Ralph's last one in charge. But with me, as always, is the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. Uh, Kevin, how's the mood with you? I'm all right. I'm fine. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that game was was to be expected, wasn't it? So. Um, yeah, I don't think it changes anything in my opinion. No, not really mine either. But um, 
Yeah, the, the mood's still low anyway, but I'll, I'll try and lighten the mood with another one of my terrible jokes. I hate this kind of uh, Jokes about feet are corny, but jokes about eyes are cornier. <laughs> terrible. Kevin, um, let's discuss the elephant in the room then, the, uh, the Ralph situation. You, well, you heard my stance last week and, and nothing that happened against City was going to change my mind on that. Um, but yeah, how are you feeling about the situation now? Yeah, I don't think this is the test of Ralph's leadership. I think the games to come. Are. The games or the game? Um, well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, maybe um, another terrible defeat at the hands of West Ham could could be enough for him. But uh, you know, I hope he gets uh, uh, at least a couple of chances to do something with this team. Well, see, it's it's a it's one thing to lose to Man City, but if you're losing to the teams in and around you, like we like we did to Wolves, like we did to Villa like we did to Everton. And if you go and do it against West Ham as well, then, you know, that's where you need to take a stand, isn't it? Because the, the, there's only so many teams in the Premier League and you have to beat some of them. Um, yeah. I mean, theoretically, yeah, you have to beat at least three of them, don't you? No, yeah. And we haven't done that. Very, very disappointing. Uh, Ralph said, you know, post-City match, uh, and I'll quote, um, I'm not thinking in this direction, to be honest, never. Since I'm a manager, it's the first time in my managerial career that I get such questions, to be honest. I'm 16 years a manager. I've never answered these questions and I really don't use any energy thinking about it. Do you believe that? Um, or is it just something that you has to say? Um, yes and no. I mean, I suppose you, you can't you know, spend all of your time worrying about something like that. That's just inevitable, isn't it? Uh, I think you have to focus on the job at hand, but yeah, it must be affecting him somewhat. I think he understands the pressure he's under. Yeah, I think he just needs to concentrate all his energies and put in the best, you know, prepared team on the field to get the three points against West Ham. Just put all your efforts into into doing that, and you know, hopefully that will will take the pressure off of him with it with a win that mm. needs to happen. And I don't know if you were expecting a miracle at City, and, and you know, Saints were just going to turn around the, the results, and it's all going to be great thereafter. Then. You're very much mistaken because City outplayed us in every way. Um, they put, okay. you know, they put six past United, they put six past Forest, and they went up to St James's Park and put in three. So you know, four was pretty tame by their uh, by their standards. And Harland only scored once, so that's not as bad as I uh, personally predicted. And I suppose if you look at it like that four 0 away to the champions in their current form with the golfing class. It isn't as bad as a lot of us pre- predicted. I, mean, I even went for a 5-0 loss. Um, I think you went 4-2, didn't you? So you've got to be more disappointed than that than I am, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I, looking back, that, that was incredibly ambitious, really, to think that we'd get a goal against City. Yeah, we, we didn't even get a shot on target. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we're here to bring the mood up, yes? Yeah, yeah. That's our job. Well, it's my job, at least, anyway. Yes. If you enjoy what we do uh, and you feel like you want to buy us a coffee or a pint, uh, yeah, please head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number uh, and check it out on there. Uh, Kevin, uh, ITN News? Um, yeah, let's have a quick stab at that. This is ITN in that number news. Uh, so I want to start by, I mean, have you heard about the closure uh, to the block, block one at St. Mary's? I knew what you told me. Yeah, I mean, I saw a lot of it on Twitter that when it when it was announced, then some of the fans are up in arms, and well, rightly so. Um, some of them weren't. Um, I've seen some some reports on on the Echo as well. Some people, I think they try to get a, a balanced 
piece of journalism for a change and try to get it from from both ends uh they were warned that this could happen um after trouble against leeds which was the first home game of the season uh, and then that 2-1 loss to everton a match day report found 27 missiles thrown across the segregation line by both home and away fans um so they could close block one and then just moving people up but isn't that just moving the problem down a bit you know what what is it going to achieve doing that because you know trouble is still going to be caused elsewhere then and you know it's just going to affect the atmosphere i suppose so. I mean, that's the itch in north isn't it yeah yeah right by the away fans yeah so i think you will if the problem is that the yeah, missiles coming to the away fans then uh, yeah i suppose that's gonna mitigate it somewhat but yeah, I think against Leeds or some of the rowdier teams, you can uh, you can expect <laughs> a bit of trouble, I guess. But Brighton or or City, you know, I don't think we're expecting anything too bad. No, I mean, but what about the fans that get you know they sit in block one, they just want to go and watch the game of football, and they get their seats moved. And mm. my my point is right, they've got a CCTV, and they're supposed to be so good inside the stadiums these days, and they can pinpoint any face on any seat. Mm. So why aren't they giving the the perps? the bands you know that's what it's there for isn't it it's a very good point yeah i mean we had a tour didn't we of the of the ground and they had that huge like uh, camera rig it's just it's right in the middle of the uh the edge and stand isn't it just yes yes by the um by the corporate boxes corporate boxes yeah that's right yeah i mean i just that, that yeah. surely if, if they get that's 27 it. people that are doing that then get those 27 people out I think most of the, the really high-resolution cameras are pointed at the away fans rather than the home fans. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe it could be difficult to figure out, you know, who, who's done what. But then I, I've seen somebody else as well. Um, I can't remember who it was. I, I, I forget. Uh, but, you know, they're saying that the main, there's a main issue here, that they're letting away fans into the home seats because we see that all the time. And, you know, that's a security issue. You, you you can't you can't be doing that that's not gonna that's gonna cause more problems than anything isn't it it depends where you put them i mean if they're sat in the chat board nothing's gonna happen at all <laughs> i don't know well i mean i was went to that coventry game and uh, yeah was it back in march uh in the fa cup and i had a coventry fan sat next to me mm. uh which wasn't nice but <laughs> he didn't have a didn't have a sky blue on or anything he was just like quietly going about his business just cheering when uh when they scored but i, I don't like it i don't think they should be allowed into the into the home end i still don't um but that, i've also heard as well i mean i don't know if you've heard this but there was a fan that got a three-year ban from football for throwing gum at a newcastle fan this is a saints fan wow you threw gum right it's fucking chewing gum and this went to court <laughs> i mean was was it like stuffed it chewed in his mouth or just pulled it out of his pocket and threw it i, I think it was out of his mouth but even say so, like <laughs> uh, it's just oh i don't know but there's a the, the, it's, yeah in the immediate aftermath of that incident saints actually handed this guy a three-year ban from attending any saints games uh, but at, at his sentencing they had the sentencing this week actually the chair of the magistrates right handed him a three-year football ban so barring him from any football in the UK. And he was ordered to pay a £100 fine, £34 victim surcharge and £85 in court costs. What the fuck is going on? I don't know. It was gum. It was gum. What a waste of time. I don't know. I, I, Draconian, isn't it? Yeah. I just, in fact, we've, we've wasted too much time talking about it in general. So I think we should just move on to more lighthearted news. Um, 
Uh, if you are interested, the much anticipated documentary uh, following the Saints Academy will be shown on CBBC and that's starting on October the 24th. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm looking forward to that note for your diaries there. Yeah, there was another documentary about Saints, though, wasn't it? Was that Crime Watch? Uh, <laughs> that's getting robbed week in, week out. Um, yeah, I think it's promoting the yeah, much fanfared Halo effect. Oh, of course, yes. Could, could be worth a watch. It's just the tree planting at Staplewood. Yeah, well, yeah, have a look and tell me if it's worth watching. Um, speaking of the Academy, um, we've got a new addition, a 16-year-old Jaden Magoma. I saw that, yeah. From Spurs. I uh, don't know much about him. Yeah, no, it's just a scholarship deal, isn't it? And I think he's going straight to the under-18s. Um, and I think, yeah, he played. He played a couple of about uh, 20 minutes in their, um, the under-18s game against Derby. So, yeah, just welcome aboard. Um, yeah, here we're going to Miami. Uh, quite possibly, yeah. That's news that popped up on my feed this morning. Uh, yeah, just a nice holiday for the World Cup. Or... Just the, the winter break in, in Miami, warm, warm weather training camp. Why not, eh? Because none of the Saints players are going to be going. Any more news from you, Kevin? I'm surprised we had any news at all. The fact that we've managed to get four little bits of news for you is, um, I think that's quite good. Paul will be in the magic number this week. Yeah. Loneys then. <laughs> it's this one. Kegs Chalky. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he played for Exeter because he's on loan at Exeter, obviously. And uh, he played against our beloved B team in the Papa John's Trophy on Tuesday night, and he fucking scored the winner, didn't he? That's just... Oh. Is that allowed? Yeah, well, we let, him, we let him play, apparently, and he comes and does that, and celebrated. Yeah, that hurt a little bit. Smart. Did he have to celebrate? Uh, no, but he did. So, uh, yeah, disappointing. Disappointing. Uh, Nathan Teller, he's on the score sheet again, Kev, for Burnley. Um, they won one nil at Coventry, and yeah, he's having a bloody good season up there, and he has five goals in twelve appearances under um, what's his name, your mate, uh, Vincent Company. He's doing really well. He's getting the best out of him. Because Ralph can't. Sorry, it's not a knock on Ralph. I'm not going to do it. Leave Ralph alone. Yeah, I'm going to leave him alone. Uh, actually, I, I do want to talk about Oriol Romeu as well. A little quick, quick update on him. I um, mean, he's played all five of Girona's games since leaving Saints. I mean, he scored one. And also, he's the leader in yellow cards, despite having played half of the games. So, yeah, get in there, Rom. There we are. Three birthdays in the week, Kevin. Uh, uh, Sunday the 2nd, we had Neil Madison. 54. Oh, my God, he's 53. Oh, wow, okay. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, and Wednesday the 5th, uh, Kenwyn Jones. Uh, 45. He's, Nothing. No, he's 38. Oh, wow. OK. Um, and lastly, first ever sick for Bruce Grobelar. Christ. Um, 62. That's a good guess. He's 65. Wow. Good guess. I, I, I suck at ages. I would be no good at that, by the way. So, yeah, that, that was good. Good guesses. The Bs then. B team. Uh, two matches last week. Um, they had that Papa John's Trophy tie Exeter, which which were mentioned. Two one loss. Uh, but Don Ballard uh, with our goal. Another one to add to his tally already this season. And as I mentioned, the Judas, that is Kegs Jalki with the winner for them. Um, and Saturday, uh, a 2-0 win over Aston Villa at Snow Stadium. And that was first half goals from Cammy Doyle and Luke Pierce. So that's moved them up to fourth now, just three points off the lead, uh, which leads is at top of the league. But they filled half their bloody first team for the uh, under-21s anyway. So, uh, And the next match, it's a big one, Kev. they got Pompey at Fratton Park in the Hampshire FA Senior Cup. 
That is Tuesday, the 11th of October at 7.30 kickoff. It's £10 a ticket, so get yourself up to Fratton Park for that one and um, just make sure you don't throw any chewing gum, though. The, the women, then. Last weekend, whilst we were recording, they had a disappointing 2-0 loss uh, to Coventry United in the Continental Cup. Um, and then the next match, they're back home in the Championship at home to Birmingham City under the lights uh, at the Snows. And that's Monday the 17th and a 7pm kickoff. Uh, under 18s, uh, League Cup victory over Derby at Loughborough University Stadium. Um, that was a 1-0 win. And Nick Oyakunla settling the tie. Uh, their next match, then they got Norwich uh, in the Premier League under 18. That's Saturday the 22nd of October, 11am kickoff. And that is at Staplewood. Right, all up to date with the Bs, the women and the under 18s. So now we just have to go to the, the senior team. Yeah, Christ indeed. So it's Man City, right? So it's it's not going to be pretty in um, recent years anyway, despite drawing both games with them last season. They've won just once in the last 12. Uh, won the last ever game at Main Road and the first ever visit to the Etihad back in 2004. Since then, just two points in the subsequent 11. So, yeah, uh, and that record will continue as we got hammered 4-0. Jao Cancelo after 20, Bill Foden after 32, Riyad Mahrez after 49, and the man of the moment, Erling Haaland, after 65. Starters then, Kev, four changes for us. Uh, Pero for Larios, Salisu for Celeta Takar, uh, Diallo for Maitland-Niles, and Adam Armstrong for Sekumara. So all positive changes, yes? Yeah, definitely. So about Armstrong, but the others, I suppose, you can see is improvement somewhat. Uh, good to see Pro back. Definitely, um, yeah. Salisu was taken out of the team kind of unfairly, I suppose. So. I think the Chaleta Car one was kind of like just get him in, wasn't it? Just to give him a game. It was only Everton. So. <laughs> yeah, test the waters. Yeah, and it needed his day. I mean, Diallo for Maitland Niles, I don't know. Was that, that, that was a. Was that was that okay? Were you okay with that one? I mean, they're both pretty dire. Yeah, um, and well, Mara's not really been filling me with any confidence. So Adam Armstrong, I'd rather have in the side anyway. So I thought it was positive. I looked at, I mean, mind you, I thought it was positive against um, Everton as well. I was okay with it. And one thing that I, one thing that I did note was that he didn't set up defensively. You know, he went with, yeah, in my honest opinion, with the best eleven that he has, with the exception of like a Liveramento or a Lavia, of course. But they're injured. But um, the best he had, he could have possibly fielded. Yeah, he didn't do. Um, I mean, he did what you said that you you would do. Um, go, go, stick with it before two 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 and uh, have your best eleven there rather than and go for risk, it. Yeah, risk well, five at the back and you know, <laughs> try and hold them off and fail that anyway. Okay, yeah. In my defence, I was kind of like half joking about uh, going all out defensively, but um, yeah, I, I, I was glad, and I think Ralph needs to take some credit for that because that's one thing that he doesn't do really, does it? He does like to go for it. Uh, with his team selections and which is nice you know you you never want to see a team that's just going to be set up to not concede more than a certain amount of goals so he he, he did go with his, his best 11 available and and i say go for it we didn't really go for it did we because after that first city goal went in it was just kind of like everyone back behind the ball to prevent more from going in and we all know what happened there bad start wasn't it and city showing their intentions early on i think it was like less than 60 seconds um, yeah. And then Bella Kotchap goes down, and then we all, well, we all feared the worst, and thankfully he ran that one off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mark Morris gets a shot off straight from 
from the kickoff, basically, doesn't he? Just wide open. Yeah, a de- decent save from Vizuna. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And, um, a lot of people say he had a good game, but I, I, I don't know. I kind of, I was more focusing on his distribution more than anything. They were doing things in this game that was really, really frustrating me, apart from conceding four goals. But there was more like, um, I know that Man City are quick and they, they're always going to press you when you're on the ball. And I think Saints wanted more time than they, they were allowed. And they kept on passing it backwards. Uh, they weren't allowed to go forward with the ball. And then... You know, the ball eventually goes back to Bazunu, who then just hoofs it as far as he can and just goes straight to a City player. And then they come out and attack again, have another chance or score. Um, and then that just carried on. That was the... Uh... Foden goal, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, is that exactly, yeah. They just kept recycling the ball around the back and then it goes back to Bazunu. But the thing is, they did this on goal kicks as well. Like Bazunu would just roll it out to Salisu and then Salisu would end up giving it back to Bazunu, who's going to kick it. And I thought, why... Why go for all that if you're just going to boot it out anyway? Gives you a few more seconds of possession. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably it, yeah. Because we all knew how City were going to attack, right? We we, we know that how you know low the, the mood is at the club, and yet we still decided that we could take too much time on the ball, and that was almost every possession. And it it's like we weren't expecting uh, Man City to attack at all, because they just wanted to they just wanted to to attack at every option. Uh, and it seems to be coming from Cancelo down the left. Yeah, he was incredible. Can we call him Wow Cancelo? <laughs> he was incredible. I think um, the defence was so focused on keeping Haaland under wraps that um, kind of got ourselves a bit stretched too often. And uh, Carl Walker-Peters versus Cancelo uh, on our right there. I mean, I feel quite sorry for him because he, I mean, yeah. He got his pants pulled down more times than. Yeah, and uh, I actually I watched I watched match of the day and um, the 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 analysis from Michael Richards was pretty good actually because he said that you know City kind of set up to have that four at the back and they played what the Kanji was playing right back wasn't he because they knew that they weren't going to get a lot of pressure on them they kind of used Cancelo as a wing back and they had three at the back yeah they're basically playing three at the back yeah. And it kind of left, yeah, exactly. It kind of left Saints like, well, where do we go? Like, Stuart Armstrong didn't know where to press. Is he supposed to be pressing Nathan Ake or is he supposed to be pressing out wide to Cancelo? Because Cancelo wasn't playing at the back, it was like, oh, what do we do? And then he had all this space down the left-hand side to attack um, Kai Walker-Peters. And, of course, the crosses came in and and that was it. You know, it was just, there was just too much to take. And their movement is just too much as well. They they just, they... It's just their game. And I did a piece on Man City for the BBC in the week. It wasn't about Man City. It was, you know, preparing us for this game. So, And during my research, I had the pleasure of revisiting their game so far this season. And I looked at how they were getting their goals. And, you know, the movement and the pace is unplayable. Because when you've got someone as good as De Bruyne, who's, you know, on the ball, and he can find that pat any pass it seems, and Foden who can find space, and you've got a six foot four monster who's the easiest target on the planet, and you know it has to be the best goal scorer in the world right now. And it, and it all seems to happen in milliseconds as well. Yeah, and that's any any team in the world's going to struggle, aren't they? And when they're on form and you're not, then it's going to be you know it's always going to be double figures, and it and it wasn't quite like that, was it? No, I I don't know whether that was you know us holding them up or, or City just holding back because they they knew that the game would be won. Um, 
Yeah, 4-0 four, four seems like not a bad result. <laughs> no, it, I've been having this conversation since the game with a load of people and everyone seems to say the same thing. I was like, how can we get excited about losing 4-0? It was because we expected a lot more, didn't we? It was... And it wasn't it wasn't that bad. And even Ralph's comments at the end of the game, he said he wasn't unhappy with the performance levels again. I don't know if he's just reverting to that's what he's going to say regardless. But yeah, he does like to defend his players, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, but we had basically absolutely nothing to offer in that match whatsoever. I mean, you know, oh. it was a miracle if we got beyond the halfway line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we had that shot from Stuart Armstrong, didn't we? Don't don't discredit that. That was it. That really was it. I mean, that was the <laughs> one speculative shot from about thirty yards out that went straight over the bar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was that was all we had to offer. Yeah, and it took us ten minutes to get crossing, <laughs> and that didn't even trouble Edison. It was just like, yeah, okay, off you go again, then guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and City just had chance after chance, and you mentioned that Mares had a few, and Harland got one off the post, didn't he? And Yes, that was quite early on. Um, and, and, and long story short, Cancelo scored. Uh, Ralph yes. decides to put everybody behind the ball and just forget about attacking. Um, I don't know if that was his game plan to kick off with. I don't know. Um, but it was all City. And, and But Kev, defensively, we weren't that bad. Like, I, I mean, you just said that, I don't know if it was whether it was us, you know, just, or was, was it just City just holding back? But we did have blocks. I mean, Belicocha, Adams had a good one. And City had so much pressure and then time on the ball that to be only one down at that point, 30-odd minutes or so, we were, I thought we were doing OK defensively. Uh, but, I mean, well, the problem we had is, like, we, we put everyone behind the ball. And then when we did get the possession, we had no outlet. We had nowhere to go. And it was too slow moving out. And then City just pounced again and it just came back at us. Yeah, I mean, there's just the, the, the same trap that we get falling into. And uh, I mean, most of the match, they, they, they pushed at the weak spot on our, on our right wing there. Um, Walker Peters gets booked quite early on, so he has to tread quite carefully. And, That's a good uh, point, yeah. And you've got Foden and Cancelo and Kevin De Bruyne working there. Working that wing, uh, yeah, it didn't bode well for us. But, I mean, after Foden scored, from there, I mean, I thought this could be six or seven, or even more. I don't want to say what, but, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's not that bad considering. I know we shouldn't be saying it, but, yeah, I mean, come on, they just hit United for six. Yeah. Let's say that again. Did you, um, did you take a look at the halftime stats? No, I didn't, no. <laughs> okay. Well, I did, uh, because I thought it might make interesting reading. So we had 36% uh, possession. And one shot, and that was the Armstrong one, against their 12. We had no clear-cut chances, no corners. We were just completely dominated. And yet it was only 2-0. By the end of the match, we had five shots and and we got a corner as well. Wow. Yeah, one corner to their nine, I think, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the way friends were celebrating that. <laughs> Good on them. It's a long journey, long day. Uh, yeah, and then the second half, Mara scores like four minutes after the break and then... You know, there was nothing different from City as well. And they had a chance to, to bring on some of their youngsters uh, and Grealish. Um, and uh, Haaland, of course, had to do it, didn't he? He knew it was coming uh, at some point in that game. Uh, the substitutions that Ralph made, what did you make of them? Because he brings on Gineppo and Elianusi in this sort of game and he takes the Armstrongs off. What What's, what's that about? I, mean, I don't think it makes a huge no. amount of difference who you bring off and who you bring on in this match. No, um, that, that's a good point. 
Stu was pretty dreadful, I thought. Yeah, I don't think he knew what to do, did he, to be honest? No, again, yeah, what, what are you going to do? Just give some minutes to the youngsters. Fine. I just wonder what Ralph was thinking at that point. Like, you're down 4-0 after just over an hour. Uh, what do you do with, with um, substitutions? Who do, you, who do you bring on? What are you trying to achieve? Are you, are you actually going to go for it? Or are you going to uh, just damage limitation or what because we you know we actually went 25 minutes without conceding a goal yeah you said that's, that's some kind of victory <laughs> well i mean the substitutions worked didn't they because after we made the substitutions we didn't concede again so but yeah the, the result was never in doubt was it and i don't know i said that but like right at the start of the game i just kept thinking i was watching the watching a, a broadcast and they were going right um and the, the guy who was presenting it said uh, we're all here today to see Man City beat Southampton and then laughed. And I thought, you cheeky bastard. I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if Saints could actually pull this off? Wouldn't it Shut be fantastic up. if they could? And I just started to dream. So I say the result was never in doubt. Of course, you know, <laughs> it wasn't really, was it? But yeah, it was a difficult afternoon. And again, it was difficult to watch. And I just think, Kev, that we're so lucky that there are three worst teams in the league right now. Um because this is just relegation form now. Yeah, at the moment, again, um, City is not a barometer of um, our season at all. No, it was never going to be, but I know, I know that if you have no shots on target, that's not good enough. I don't care who you're playing, right? And It just seems like the players... That are, well, I don't know, I don't want to say they've stopped fighting for Ralph, but as much as I like him, if the players don't, you know, or or expected that they don't want to play for him. How long can it stay like this? I don't know. We'll soon find out. We certainly will. Um, I think it's coming. I honestly do. And I just want to forget this game, Kev, because, you know, as I said, a loss was expected. Give Ralph this week to get ready for West Ham. I mean, if we can't get all three points there, then we need to consider this seriously. And, you know, City is one thing, but we can't lose to, to, to Wolves, to Everton, to West Ham. You know, Everton and West Ham at home, you you want to stay in this league, you need to be beating teams that aren't playing well. I know West Ham have picked up a little bit, but Jesus, we need to be looking at three points here. Yeah, we definitely do. Definitely. Um, have you got any any stats from full time? Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, we, we had the five shots, they had 21. Oh and my we God. didn't have a single shot on target. They had eight. Eight out of 21? What's the percentage on that then, Kev? That's not good. That's not very good. 30, isn't it? Um, yeah, possession, 65% to our 35. Mm. They had nine corners. We had one. And the XG as well. <laughs> we had 0. 0.1? 0.12, yeah. Oh, my God. And what theirs was about? Four. I mean, Christ knows where that came from, because <laughs> that ball wasn't going anywhere near their goal. I can tell you where that came from, actually. When I... When I discussed man of the match but um incidentally what was man city's um xg 2.23 oh okay i thought it was going to be more than that four consecutive defeats by the way so yeah that's um that's a great way to end um how how do we even pick a man of the match for this one because what are we supposed to be looking at because i i think we have to agree on who defended the best, right? Um, and I think that was Bella Coccia. Uh One interception, six blocks. I, I guess you could make a case for Perot, who, who led the team. Well, he had three shots, Perot. Did he have three shots? None of them on target, but three. I don't even remember them. I don't remember any of them. No, exactly. And he pressed the most as well and had four tackles. So, But I'm going to go with um, Armel Bellacoccia for, for 
you know, having to prepare for probably the hardest game of the season for him. So, yeah, I'm going to go with him. But <laughs> interesting. Getting nutmegged by Juan Cancelo and still playing another 70 minutes. Yeah. You're not, you're not agreeing with this, I guess, then. But, um, <laughs> I saw he had a couple of blocks and, a, and, a, and, a, and an interception. He had six blocks, actually. So I thought that was OK. Um, but it, this is interesting, though, Kev. Who had the most touches? Perot? No, it was Bazunu. <laughs> what? Yeah. Who attempted the most passes? Um, well, I'm going to guess that it was Bazunu as well. It was Bazunu. Who had the most carries? Um... <laughs> You're joking. I'm not joking. It's Bazzini as well. <laughs> it's Bazzini. It's embarrassing. Um, and and Perro had the best XG with 0.1. So there you go. He had three shots. That's where the the um the XG of, of 0.12 come from because it all come from Perro. And I don't even care if you're playing Man City. That's just tragic. And it's like a Premier League team playing like a non-league with those stats. It's just it's just embarrassing. Um, so with that, Kev, who's your man of the match? <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with the man with the most ca- most carries. I can't believe that. Um, <laughs> that yeah. really is embarrassing. Um, but yeah, they did have eight shots on goal, and they only scored four. Haaland only scored one goal. Uh, that means Bazunu made uh, four saves, um, and four fairly decent saves at that. I mean, yes, I he did. Remember yeah. most of them. Um, yeah, Mara's right at the beginning. Oh, right at the death, Cole Palmer as well. That's decent save. Yes, he hit it with his leg, didn't he? Yeah, Greenish had a shot that was just tipped over the bar. I mean, that, again, that happened so quickly, I didn't realise that it was uh, the Zoom save. So I think I'm his positioning gonna... was good. Mm. Um, yeah, even if his distribution was, was, was shocking at times. Yeah. Yeah, like I say, his positioning was better and um, his, his shot stopping. His, I mean, and his carries. Against, <laughs> against City, that's going to be the test of any keeper. And, um, you know, it, it could have been another match that destroyed a, a promising young keeper at Saints. But um, I think he can come out with his head held fairly high. Yeah, with most carries and most passes and stuff. <laughs> most carries, that's what he's going to be to his family, isn't it? Stick him up front. See how many carries I have against Man City. <laughs> yeah, stick him up front against West Ham, Ralph. There you go. You can, you can hit. On the wing, yeah. Yeah, why not? Um, yes, OK, so uh, Bazzini for you then, Kev. OK, that's good. Um, uh, West Ham then. So, yeah, that's on Sunday. Sunday the 16th. That's a 2pm kickoff, and that's at St Mary's. Uh, biggest wins against West Ham at home then. So we had a 6-2 win. In February 1967. I remember it well. Well, I was just going to say, I'd love someone to contact me if they can remember that. Because I'm sure there's someone out there that goes, oh, I remember when we beat West Ham in 1967. Because, I mean, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but when England won the World Cup in 66, didn't they have a lot of West Ham players there? Yes. So, so a year after, well, it would have been, what, seven months after they won the, uh, the World Cup that... Uh, Saints went and beat them 6-2. So that would have been Jeff Hurst, Bobby Moore. So, yeah. So if anyone can remember that, please, yeah, contact me, because I'd like to know. Uh, a 3-0 win back in October of 1982 and a 4-0 win in August of 1988. Um, the head-to-head against West Ham then. So we, we've won 52 games against West Ham uh, and they've won 80 and 48 draws between the two. So, Kev, this is this is a big one. This is a really, really big one. And I, I, I turn it at the, at the top of the show, but Ralph's job's on the line here. I think if you fail to get a result on Sunday, then I fear this could be the final now in the coffin. <coughs> Speaking of coffin. <coughs> uh, <laughs> need all three points and need some goals, obviously. Need some attempts. That would be nice. Needs to happen now. And, and 
you know, like the Ever- Everton game before, they were in and around us in the table. Um, and West Ham actually played Fulham yesterday, uh, Sunday afternoon, didn't they? And, and they, they won 3-1. So they're starting to pick up points. Three points ahead of us now. And also, I, I know I shouldn't do it, but I have. If results don't go our way, then we're deep in the relegation zone. Um, Leicester at home to Palace next week, by the way. So, um, And Wolves actually play Forest. So that that's a good thing, I suppose. But, I mean, I, I'm anticipating a Leicester win. And a Wolves win. Even if Leicester pick up a point, it's going to be bad. Um, and if Wolves win, then they go above us and we'd be in the relegation zone. So that's where my head is at at the moment, Kev. Yeah, I mean, God, it's tragic that we're having to talk about other teams' potential results. <laughs> and we've only played 10 games. It's yeah, Or nine games, rather. I don't know. We, yeah, we should get a result against West Ham, really, shouldn't we? Oh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would have said before yesterday then yes we can but they've gone and they've scored three goals okay it was against Fulham but still gone and done it and yeah I'm looking at their their uh, their results this season they were struggling for goals like us and and as I said they picked up in recent weeks but it took them to the fourth week um, to score their first goal and they've scored eight now and they pulled themselves out of trouble but they did it because they beat the teams around them over the last two weeks they beat Wolves 2-0 and they beat Fulham 3-1 3-1 on Sunday, like I said, and yeah, and also Kev, they're in in, a, in the middle of the Europa Conference League group, so that's right. They've been doing quite well on that. They are undefeated, and we've seen mm. in the past that teams can struggle to accommodate a cup in a league week. So I mean, they've scored seven goals in that group stage so far. So that, yeah, different contrasts. I mean, we said that about Burnley, didn't we, when they were having the um, European campaign? Um, yeah, we see it all the time. But they just come back from Turkey um, the day before. Played them and they they stomped us three now, didn't they? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they're not playing in the Europa League this week, so they are. They're, they're playing oh, they on are. Thursday against Anderlecht. Oh, they just beat Anderlecht, didn't they? So it's the return leg of Anderlecht. Okay, so yeah, are they away or are they at home? They're at home. That's not great, is it? <laughs> the, tr- the travel from London to, to St Mary's then isn't going to be uh, too bad for them. I don't know. I mean, they're, they're going to have to do a little bit of rotation in there, aren't they? Yeah, but have they got a big enough squad for that? I'm not so not, sure they do. Not, not, not really. No, they don't really have a lot. Of, they don't really have a goal scorer. No, they got a Scamacu. Scamacu, yeah. He's just started scoring. Really. Well, they've only got, he's only got two goals in the league, and they haven't got anyone who scored more than two. So, like I said, they were struggling for goals, but the last couple of weeks they they've done what they had to do, and they beat teams around them. And that's what we haven't done. So they are going to take. They, well, they're going to look to take advantage of our current situation and. Kevin, we can't have any excuses now. We, we we can't have a lack of chances. This is it. We need to go out there and get the job done now. Three points here, because it's quite tight down there. Three points could be, well, will be absolutely huge. Yeah, and we need to get the first goal in as well, because, you know, the heads are going to be down and the atmosphere is going to be horrific. Because that worked so well against Everton, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Five <laughs> minutes later. Yeah, go from thumbs up to middle fingers up in, in five minutes. Um, predictions then. Uh, it's my turn to go first uh, this week. Uh, Kev, I, I've really, I've been back and forth with this because I can see all three. If we play at our very, very best, then we're going to lose 3-0. No, I'm joking. Uh, if we play at our very best, then we beat them. I, I do I do believe that. Um, it's just whether we are. And I don't expect Ralph to make many changes because 
I mean, you can't look at that City game as a complete failure with the players that we had because they're the best players that we could possibly field. Yeah. So forget it. Forget the City game. Play your best team still. Play your best formation um, and just go for the win. And I think we can do it. I just don't think we will. And I think it's we're going to share it. I think it's going to be 1-1. Ah. And not good enough for Ralph to stay in the job, I don't think. Really? Yeah, I think so. That's I think that, that I think that'll be enough. I think that the board have made that already. I, to be honest, I thought even if they went and beat City on the weekend, that we were going to wake up Monday morning and find that he'd gone. Um, so I think they probably said, look, it's not fair to get rid of him now. We don't want to get a new manager in um, for this must-win game. Let Ralph do it. If he can't, there's an excuse to get rid of him. And if he can, you know, we'll, we'll think about it for another week. I think so. I don't know. I think the, the board's definitely sticking with him as much as they can. I don't think a loss here or, or draw mean him losing his job. You still don't think that? I don't think so, yeah. <clears throat> We've got a midweek game against Bournemouth. That's going to be much bigger. Mm. But, I mean, if you can pick up three points here and then three points against Bournemouth, you're out of trouble. You're mid-table. Yeah. And, then, no and then you've got Arsenal that you can you can afford to lose. His job's virtually safe until the end of the season if you get six points out of those. Well, at least to the World Cup break, I think. But don't forget that we play Liverpool just before that break, before we head to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, take on the Dolphins and get beat. Head's going to be in, on the beach already. <laughs> um, I'm going to stick with what I was going to say before I heard what your prediction was, and that was also a one-off draw. Why did you give me such a bad reaction to that? Because I said the same thing. Is that why? Yeah. yeah because you yeah. just thought, Ray, come on, you need to... You need to get get behind the boys a bit more. No, no, no. no it's just uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. No, oh, okay, okay then. So uh, we'll move on to the Discord then. Uh, Colt, Colt, running away with it at the moment. He correctly uh, predicted a four 0 win, as did Frederick Lazaro as well. So that max points for them. Nice. Top of the league. On what's he on? What's Colt on now? He's on. T- 21 points, which is pretty darn good. Well done, Cole. Super sick. Week 12 was won by Kevin Jewell and Jeff Stelling. Uh, 16 points to them. Uh, and the overall is Kevin Jewell. He had the lead anyway, and he won week 12. So, yeah, Kevin Jewell's on 146. So he is in the lead. Uh, fantasy football, Kevin? I'll start with my team. I, at the moment, I've got 65, although I do have. At the um, moment? You got you got a Forest or Villa player? Yes, I got Dean Benderson. Oh, I've got Benderson actually. I I had um Jose Sarr, but I took him out for Henderson. Don't know why I brought him in, and I don't know why I still haven't got rid of him. But um, yeah, Pickford was injured, and I don't know, it seemed like a good idea at the time. But yeah, sixty-five uh, points, so yeah, not not a bad haul, I suppose. Should have captain Cancelo, but you can't not captain Harland, can you? Uh, no, no, you can't. <laughs> uh, I've got a little bit of leeway in our podcasters league. I'm, I am top five points ahead of Oliver uh, Post. Uh, you're in third. Yeah, I, I, I pulled the plug this week, Kev. I don't know yeah. if you noticed. Did, I did you use your... Uh... I did. I triple captained uh, Harland. And, uh, well, here was my thinking, right? I thought if Harland does go off on a, on a tear and, and score his hat-trick, uh, then... OK, I'm going to feel like shit, but at least my fantasy football team is going to be brilliant. Um, and as it turns out, nothing happened. So I kind of feel like shit anyway. So he only scored me 18 and 
he got me the same amount of points as, as Cancelo, mm. which might have wasted it a bit. But hey, I mean, I wasted my triple captain last year because um, the player wasn't playing when I put him in, and yeah, I've done it again. So I think it. At least it, you got some points out of it. I did get some points, yeah. I got 18, as I say. Um, but I've got 59 points at the moment, but I've got uh, Jordan Henderson. Jordan Henderson? Yeah, he's a goalkeeper. I've got Dean Henderson um, to play tonight, uh, and probably uh, well, Mitrovic will come out for Jorginho, but that's only going to get me two more points. So I, I still will lose to you because you've got Henderson also. Mm, yeah, Tim, Tim's had quite a decent... Um, yeah, Tim beat me this week as well. So- I see some 80s here in our big league. Colt Baker. Really? Oh, Colt, you're winning everything at the moment. Yeah, how do you manage that? Oh, he he triple caps in Thailand as well, huh? Oh, okay, I wasn't the only one then. Uh, Yeah, but if we look at that overall. You see Heine, uh, she's still top. uh, She's managed to pull off quite a a lead here. (laughs) Fairly average results. And the week before, I don't know when that happened, but yeah, she's terrible. Uh, 623. Chris Ambridge with his Ambazinho. Uh, joint second uh, with uh, Marlon Ailing Allen's OB1 can only be nil, both on 610. Excellent. Um, Kevin, are you ready for where am I? Go on then. I feel like I need a little theme tune for this. Remember, you get one free guess on your first clue. Right. Uh, question one for five points. This stadium is located 82 miles from St. Mary's. Is it Northampton? No. Clue two for four points. The stadium is located in the bustling city of South East London. South East London. Mm-hmm. That's from stadium to stadium as the crow flies. No, do you know what? It's not even as the crow, crow flies. It's, a, it's an AA route planner, so... Ah, okay, that would explain that. All right, keep going. Uh, Okay, question three for three points. Currently competing in the championship, managed by Gary Rowett, and has never, ever appeared in the Premier League. Millwall? You want me to take that? Yeah. Yes, you're right. It is Millwall. Well done, Kev. Another three points to add to your tally. I put you on 17. The Den, to answer you it, yes, sorry, yeah, I'll go for the clues anyway, yeah. Uh, known for being one of the most hated teams in the country uh, and nicknamed the Lions, the stadium is located adjacent to South London Railway with a capacity of over 20,000. I am at the Den. Is it the new Den now or the Den? I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's the Betty Boys Den or something. I don't <laughs> Put me to sleep. Uh, I didn't mean that. Sorry, Millwall. Um, Next week, yes, uh, West Ham. It feels like a big game, doesn't it? It feels like it because it is. Um, if Ralph is still in the job by then, then this could be his last chance. It's win or bust for me, uh, not for you, though. Uh, then we will be previewing a double week of Bournemouth away on the Wednesday, followed by Arsenal at home the following Sunday. Uh, busy week upcoming. Uh, but until then, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Southampton. Podcast Network. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.